This is your Monday Daily Delivery. I am Michael Rand. I'll be joined in a little bit by Timberwolves and Lynx CEO Ethan Casson to talk about the return of fans at Target Center uh, Monday night. Both the, the Wolves and the Wild will have fans in the stands for the first time all season, for the first time in more than a calendar year. Twins, of course, open on Thursday at home and will have fans at Target Field as well. So much going on this weekend, this past weekend, though. Lots of amazing games, big news stories, things of that nature. Patrick Royce going to help me break that all down, and he joins me right now. This is Monday. Patrick Royce is on daily delivery with me right now. Um, Patrick, on this show, a lot of times, my kind of standard line when I'm not thinking about it really or just kind of like going with the the flow of the show as i say we have a lot to talk about today but oh man we have a lot to talk about right now it's just <laughs> yes. the, the time of year and there were some games this weekend and some you know some just news that uh that, that cannot be uh cannot be ignored so let's uh let's let's hop into that i want to maybe we'll talk twins off off the off the jump here and then we'll get into some some jalen suggs page becker stuff and got a couple of of uh, i've got a wolves thought for you that i think you'll like but uh twins um boy i i'm i guess rocco is the right man for this job this manager job patrick because boy after they lost that opener on thursday i'd have been breaking bats and you know <laughs> storming through the clubhouse and he's like yeah you know you win some you lose some we keep playing like this so probably going to be fine and you know what they were but they were. i'll give him i'll give him credit for this he said we have to throw to the right base. So he, which for him is a rip, you know, which for him is saying, listen, if this idiot pitcher hadn't thrown to second base, we would have won this game right. with Rocco. You gotta, you gotta take your little barbs at his team and expand them 20%, you know, 20 times because right. he's not going to flat out say it, but he made sure to mention that Calame thrown to second base basically cost him the game. You win that game yes. unless he throws the ball to second base because you're three runs ahead, you have two outs and a runner on second base, and you don't have to go out there and pitch. And that I was, I thought that was a horrible performance all around, even though they yeah. had that game one uh, in Thursday, and they weren't good in the field really the whole weekend, but. No. Uh, Boy, the the uh, the little fella being your leadoff hitter yeah. uh, is really. I mean, uh, he was on base nine times. He's yeah. a tough out. He's a he's the old time tough out. Foul balls and stuff. And uh, played. He, he that one little roller on Thursday. He didn't make the play on. But outside of that, he played good third base too. So yeah, Rias. He was he was on base all five times too on uh, Sunday. I think. Yes. Yeah. That, right. Nine times game. over the weekend. Five That's, times yesterday. Yeah. And that's uh, that. That gives them a pretty good shot. But boy, the level of depression of Twins fans about uh, the uh, the uh, the third inning when Buxton oh. <laughs> Buxton's out of the lineup, and you're saying, I, I start thinking, what did he do? He didn't hit anything. He didn't run into anything. He didn't right. twist anything. So right. then you're thinking, uh oh, COVID protocols. Uh, they're they're now they're just saying he's sick. No, but nothing about the migraines which he had in the past. Right. But that guy, in addition to all his other problems, Mike, he gets flu, he gets he's right. sick. He gets all this stuff all the time. But man, are they a lot better when he plays. Oh, yeah. No <laughs> doubt. No doubt. So, so it, was, it was a relief kind of when they said, you know, nah, non-COVID illness. It's yeah. like, okay, that's about as good, it's about as, good <laughs> yeah. as the scenario could be when you take a guy out in the middle of a game. Well, plus you got it's Rocco World too. 
you know, if a guy says in the third inning to Gardy 10 years ago, I'm not feeling too good. He's, he'll say, Hey, get this guy a bottle of Gatorade. Let's go right. get out there. You know, uh, Rocco is, uh, you know, Rocco encourages you not to play if you're not feeling a hundred percent. So it's a completely different world, but, uh, boy, uh, Saturday night whew, was Brios good. Oof, oh man. man. Yeah. I was going to he yeah. was uh, he was throwing great, and uh, you know who else is throwing great? Taylor Rogers is yep. back. Uh, he's got so, more. He's got like an extra mile or two on his fastball so far. And that and that's, slider that's, is bite. Yeah, you know, last year was kind of sailing up there. Right. It's it's got the bite back on it. He was unhittable, and I had somebody on Twitter say to me. Well, it's because he's not in the closer role. He can cut loose. No, his stuff last year was not good. This year, his stuff is back to where it was two years ago. And uh, yep. and he's, I think it's, uh, I think you're seeing a little resolve from him. And and also the idea that what difference does it make if I close or not? But uh, but uh, he's him him throwing well was I thought one of the best things we saw all weekend. That's for sure. And also. Hansel Robles yeah. is, uh, you know, who is, what was his ERA last year? 10, right? Something like that. It wasn't good. I mean, they were yeah, counting on yeah. this. They saw something there that not a lot of us saw, <laughs> but so far it's been pretty good. Well, he'd been fairly good. And then he had to, in the mini season, he was terrible. And I don't know, to some degree, everything that happened in the mini season, we have to take as a grain of yeah. salt probably. But uh, right. yeah, I, I mean, we, we know this arise, even if Donaldson comes back, uh, they're going to, he's going to get 550 plate appearances. He's please. got to, he's one we of their best. Hit, he's got to, he's one of their best hitters. You know what else, Mike? He's in better shape. He, uh, they were a little, he was a little chubby when he came back the second time, uh-huh. and, you know, for the, the second camp and he sure. wasn't moving as well as he had been. And they didn't like what they saw from him at second base last year in the field. Uh, and, uh, that, but, uh, he came back with a lot of resolve this year, better shape again, and, uh, he can hit. So, uh, that's a, that's a big boost for them. And, uh, it, it, it also will quiet the, uh, the craze that, uh, boy, we gotta have, we should have had Gerloff up here from opening day. So right. one reason they didn't is they thought he'd be playing left field for him. So yeah, and two, two more encouraging signs, not to be too, cheerful about the weekend but i think overall it was i mean aside from the donaldson injury and the buxton scare you had sano going opposite field yesterday and had taken some decent at bats through the whole series i think garver went opposite field yesterday too so you know if you if you're just talking big picture with the lineup and you're worried about certain guys those two certainly are at the front forefront you know it's one hit it's one home run but um Lineup has been a little bit better than I thought it would be. I know they didn't score a ton of runs um, two nights ago, but you know, if they, they put up five in the opener, which is usually plenty, should have been plenty if they threw to the right base, like you said, and then, you know, Sunday, they kind of put it all together. Here's uh here's what we have to realize is when, when we look at snow, we look at everybody, the accumulated batting average in the major leagues this year uh, with the way pitching is now and the way, uh, you know, and how many they use and everything probably won't exceed 240. So everybody you see, we, we basically have to subtract, you know, add 20 points to everybody's right. batting average when we look back six, seven years ago. Yeah. I mean, it, it is now a pitching dominated game. Unless you get some reliever out there 
who they're going to let get pounded sometime. It's uh, it's it's uh, going to be a low-scoring game all summer, and I guess we have to concede that Sano's going to strike out 180 times and take what you can get when he doesn't strike out. Well, we're going to see the uh, the lower half of the rotation here pretty soon, and then they come home uh, come home Thursday for the uh, for the opener. Boy, I hope the Looks like rain. Yeah, Looks I know. Like rain, I was, this yeah. happens. I feel like this happens every year where they go on the yeah. road and it's beautiful to start the year. Then they come home and it's like, <laughs> yeah, sixty percent chance of rain. I'm sure Dave St. Peter's just sitting in his house, like just biting his fingernails and is like, come on, come on. Friday looks okay. Maybe they could, you know, they'll, they'll bang, get it in. Bang it's warm it enough at least. All right, but yeah, this wouldn't have been a bad weekend to be home for baseball. No, right? Oof, man, no, alive, was that, great. That'd have been pretty good. Um, it was a good weekend to watch basketball too, Patrick. Uh, I don't know how much you watched of both the men's and the women's final four. And obviously the men's championship game, Baylor Gonzaga, which should be really good again tonight, but man, Jalen Suggs, the sequence in that semifinal with the, the block shot, then the pass, then the pass, and then, you know, and then then obviously the shot in in Uh overtime, which, you know, two steps inside of half court to, to win the game. I mean, I don't what a, what a game, first of all. And then what a, what a performance by a Minnesota player. Well, let me let me say this. I virtually have hated every college basketball game I've watched this year. Yeah. Right? Yeah. They were terrible. It was terrible college basketball. Once in a while you'd see Illinois play really well or somebody, but it was terrible. But that game, uh, the Gonzaga UCLA game was one of the best I've ever seen. All all night, the way UCLA hung in there. This coach of theirs is great, Mick yeah. Cronin. Yeah. Very bad mask wearer. But beyond that, he's uh, he's really great, and they ran some great stuff to get keep getting that kid open, and finally Gonzaga got it into Suggs' head. Follow this guy because he let him, you know, when he let him make that three when he left the when he left the defender, yeah. uh, and he would have left the shooter and made that three. I was about halfway through a tweet saying. Nice going, Suggs. And then I said, ah, I'll just hang in here a minute and see. <laughs> and then he ended up winning the game for him. But uh, it is, I mean, I, I know we've given it a lot of publicity, but there's some things going on here right now in Minnesota uh-huh. that are incredible. One being St. Cloud State and Mankato State. Yeah. Two teams, as I'm writing about this for tomorrow, who used to play against each other out doors right in the you know are now playing in the semifinals and the other is the state of minnesota has produced in one year the two best freshman basketball players in the country yes beckers yeah and and sucks and jalen sucks it's an unbelievable and they might we, have the best they might have the best men's player next year too with chad holmgren yeah, it, he's number one be, recruit. You know, I, I haven't seen a lot of them. I saw more Suggs than I did him. Yeah. But I, I mean, Minnesota being uh, having these two players being raved about nationally is incredible. It's, yeah. it's just because we were never even at our best. You know, Kevin McHale was, hey, there's this big tall kid from Hibbing, uh, you know, right. and he's a decent player. And, uh, yeah, there's, you know, Kalina El Amin is probably the closest on the national level because he went to UConn and then they won a national championship. But he's uh, uh, not as good as he was. As good as he was, he's not as good as this kid. No. And, uh, and uh, you know, if there was a 
if Paige could come out of college and Suggs will come out of college, mm -hmm. Minnesota high school kid, two Minnesota kids one year out of high school could be the number one draft choice to each of their yeah. sports. That's amazing. It's, uh, yeah. It is. It is. I, I don't know if Suggs will go first because Cunningham's pretty good. You know, yeah, Cunningham, I love Cunningham. But I mean, he's gonna go top three. Yeah. And, uh, and she's like the phenomenon now. She got her she had her hands full with uh, the Arizona kid. But yeah. uh, you know, she's uh she'll probably uh, win uh, at least a couple of national titles while she's there because what uh, they haven't won since 2016. It's a drought, it's like when the it's like when the Yankees don't win a World Series for a few years, it becomes a drought. <clears throat> yes, it does. Yeah, you know the Yankees didn't play in one in the 2010s. Yeah, that's right. The first was, time from... since the first time since the 1910s that wow. they hadn't they went a decade without playing in the World Series. That's another fact. But that's anyway, amazing. the basketball game was fantastic. There's no doubt about it. Now, uh, uh, my my streaming service didn't provide me with Channel 45, and I never went through the hyperventilation of trying to figure out how to watch the state high school hockey tournament. But uh, uh, I, I don't know what our reviews were on that. How many people they let in? You I know? can't remember what, they, I think it's all kind of like in this, you know, quarter 20% capacity thousand. zone. So I'm yeah. sure it was probably, yeah. you know, probably whatever they can do for the wild was probably about what they could do for high school, mm -hmm. I think. And that sounded like that two-way final between that was at Eden Prairie and Lakeville. I think that sounded like it was pretty good to double overtime game. In that Lee game, so. Smith uh, has been out at Eden Prairie a long time. Hell of a guy. Really oh, yeah, good I guy. I was, I was glad to see him win. He's, uh, you know, he's, he's one of those coaches you can call up and you can get a quote. Then you can get the real quotes. After yes. You know, he's, yes. Uh, he's a very candid fellow. Great guy. And to survive that long, in suburban hockey where expectations are high congratulations to you because yes. it's not easy no it's not easy kurt giles has done it in edina and uh lee smith's has done it in Eden prairie and a few others have but it's not easy that's for sure patrick you got one more thought for you on the basketball realm let's switch to the pros for, uh, pros for a second carl anthony towns played 44 minutes <laughs> <laughs> on uh i think it was saturday night on the second half of a back-to-back -back. what would be happening right now if tom um, thibodeau was still the head coach and yeah oh, God, played 44 be, minutes on the second half of a back-to-back we'd be -back. killing him the minutes police would be going nuts wouldn't they and yeah uh, you know i got a hunch chris fitch is a little more like tibbs and maybe ryan i don't know he's somewhere in between obviously but uh I, uh, I, I didn't uh, get to hear uh, Tibbs' comments after they blew that one to the Wolves here oh, yeah. the other night. That couldn't have been good for them. But uh, I see that one last night. So they're 500 with that collection. That is not a good team. But no. uh, anyway, uh, you know what? I uh, what What's the deal with Beasley? He came back. He couldn't make a shot. And now they put him on the... Yeah, he's got the hamstring. It says so. Yeah, no, it, I don't know what the final. I don't know what the final injury report is for Monday night's game. First game with fans back. By the way, we talked to Ethan Casson here in a little bit, but uh, so no, uh, we got fans there, fans for the wild game. But yeah, he's. Uh, it sounds like it was doubtful. The Sunday report was doubtful for Beasley, Rubio, and Jalen Noel turned an ankle in that Saturday game. Plus, those, they're, plus they're already out, already out Russell. So. All those things are good, but uh, they're only uh, two-fifths of the way to having a starting lineup, really. Uh, I'm not a big Russell guy, but uh, Edwards is real. He's, he's going to be yeah. really good. If uh, I, I like the fact that Edwards is uh, 
you know, he's got cat back and he's playing with him, but he's not intimidated by the fact that it's okay. If he takes 22 shots and cat only takes 19, you know, I mean, right. he's, uh, he's got enough ego in his game, which, uh, I like, and, you know, he's got to make shots obviously, but, uh, uh, you know, he's worth, He's worth coming. There's there's some hope here. Yeah, you know, there's some know. hope. McDaniel's. I, think, I like McDaniel's too. I mean, the, yes. the two rookies they drafted this year, they've got a chance. Which probably makes up for their first draft. <laughs> Jared, yeah, Jared Culver. Get Jared Culver when you could have had Tyler Hero at the eleventh pick yeah. and had somebody who actually makes shots. But uh, but uh, I don't know. It's uh, you know they still have the worst. I think they're uh, Detroit's trying to catch them. Yeah, but uh, they 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 still have the worst record in the league, which is yep. you know they you know I don't know what what and we're going to do there and a forty percent chance of keeping their pick, and we'll see. Yeah, <laughs> we'll see if that they would, get uh, see if they get a crack at John Suggs. Meanwhile, the Wiggy led uh, Warriors only lost by fifty three the other night. Did you see yeah, that? Wiggy's come back to earth a little bit. I don't know if you <laughs> yeah. followed his stats we, lines. Uh, I love the yeah. early in the year. Andrew Wiggins transformation. Andrew Wiggins, uh, new man. Great defense. defense. They're trying to tell us what a great defender he is. Yeah. Uh, no, I, I he's his his stat line since his first couple of years is just basically flat. It's yeah. the same. It's yep. all the time, and uh, you know. But then again. He plays and D'Angelo Russell doesn't. So that's one difference. Right? That. I mean, one thing about Wiggy, he plays. He's he does always play. in the lineup. So yes. Well, we'll see if the we'll see if the paying customers at Target Center tonight see uh cat play a full 48. Never know. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Patrick. Appreciate yeah, it. I think it's time for a commentary on this Chris Chris Finch, you yeah. know, plays, you know. I can, how come he can't be like Tibbs and take better care of his players? Man? I think you're just no. the man to do that, Patrick. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right, Patrick. We'll, we'll do this Bye. again next week. I appreciate it. I'm Nyla Jean Myers, Senior Assistant Sports Editor at the Star Tribune. Thank you for listening to Strip Sports Daily Delivery. This work is made possible by our Star Tribune subscribers. For unlimited access to the articles mentioned in this podcast and our coverage of Minnesota sports from pros to preps, go to startribune.com slash subscribe. Happy to be joined on Daily Delivery right now by Ethan Casson, uh, CEO of the Lynx, Timberwolves, all that good stuff. Um, return to fans, uh, Ethan, Monday night, today as it were, um, Timberwolves are going to have fans in the stands for the first time in more than a year. I'd like to hear from you on how we got to that point, um, how we feel about that, you know, what, the, what the protocols are in place, things of that nature. So maybe we can just start open-ended. Welcome to the show, first of all. Yeah. Thanks for having me, Michael. And uh, it's amazing to think it's, I, I think we're about at the 13 month mark now, right. Um, yeah. Since, you know, the NBA suspended play um, and Timberwolves fans, uh, you know, were not able to come back for the remaining um, part of our regular season last year. I think there were nine home games left on our schedule and here we are 13 months later and, and April 5th against the Kings, we'll finally be able to get some of our season ticket members back into the building, some of our avid fans back into the building. And to think of the journey uh, that we had to go through, uh, along with the other teams and working closely with the governor's office and the Minnesota Department of Health and our leagues, um, it's, a, it's an exciting, um, you know, kind of inflection point. There's a lot of work left to be done to keep people safe. Certainly buildings are going to be limited relative to capacity. But the idea, Michael, that we've got fans coming back 
Um, the, you know, the thing that brings everyone together is sports. And yeah. yet it's the thing that we weren't able to bring people back together to do in and around sports is neat. I know we'll have our game on April 5th. I believe the wild are home on April 5th and, and the twins have their home opener on April 8th with high school tournaments uh, in between. So uh, fans back at live sporting events is here and we're just really, really excited and, and, and enthusiastic about the future. What have you heard from your season ticket holders, especially those that are going to have the opportunity to either be at the April 5th game or be at a, a future game, you know, as the season goes into May this year um, with, with the late start? Yeah, I, you know, we, we've, we've made it a point to, to stay in touch with these folks, you know, the entire way. And, and to be really candid with you, you know, for most of that window of time, it was more to do with checking in on them as, as people uh, and their families and their kids uh, and, and, and what was happening with them in their communities and their jobs. So many other things that, that were so much more important than basketball games and, and coming back to Target Center. But as we saw a little bit of the light at the end of the tunnel, we began to survey. We began to kind of, you know, get a sense and, and a pulse on what are people really comfortable with? We're going to learn a lot, Michael. I think all of the teams here in the first few weeks around those that are really comfortable coming back, whether that's because they've been vaccinated or they just feel the social distancing protocol and the masks is something they're very comfortable with. And those that are just quite not ready yet, um, to, you know, to make, to make that step towards, you know, public events. So great feedback. And I think what you're going to see certainly inside of our building is a very, you know, you know, um, walk run, kind of approach to it. And with only 12 games left um, and a team that's not going to qualify for the playoffs, we're really going to fixate on those 12 home games and make it the best 12 home games we can make it, the safest games we can make it, and really start to integrate some experiential, some mobile things that are going to be new to the future of, of Target Center and, and, and fans coming to games. Remind me, is it about 3,000 that you expect to have in the building? Is that about the number? So the 3,000 number has been what we're allowed to go up to. And, and, and you asked earlier, you know, what kind of modeling have we been doing? We, we've modeled everything, right? We, we've modeled what it, would, what, what it would entail to bring back people around the court. Um, and with NBA protocol, right, we've got to allow a 30-foot distance between the benches and the fans and, and a 30-foot capacity from the, the courts back on the other side of it. Um, and we looked at what, what that would entail. We're, we're not going to open up the courtside level this year. Um, because of those restrictions, I think it's the right decision to make, certainly to keep our players and those around the court um, safe. Uh, we're not going to open up the upper level, Michael. We're going we're gonna to really fixate and, and concentrate, be very intentional about the lower bowl. So for us, we're really looking at a capacity um, that we feel really strongly about based on the number of folks that have already opted in for tickets, single game ticket sales here in the last couple of days of anywhere from 1,200 to 1,500 is what we can actually put in the lower bowl safely. And I'll be honest, I think that's going to create a great home court advantage. I think these folks are going to be kind of on top of the game and, uh, and, and have a chance to be back at target center, be in a lower bowl pods of two and four are critical. Um, and that's how we're going to approach these games. As you have been, you know, planning on the business side, other things, it feels like a lot of teams are gearing, you know, that a lot of the work that has been done, is really gearing for the 21-22 season, you know, NFL, you know, just making sure NBA and NHL, everything is in place so that you can have a, a safe return and have kind of a quote-unquote normal 
season, you know, starting in, in next fall. Is that how you're planning right now? I know the, I know the pandemic, I know COVID can throw us a lot of curveballs, but as you plan business wise, are you thinking, you know, best case scenarios and, you know, even just normal case scenario that you'll have a full building to start the year next year. And is that how you're planning your business right now? It, it absolutely is. Uh, you're right. None of us have a crystal ball and can make a determination of, of what, you know, a home opener, a target center, you know, middle of October will look like. Um, that said, we, we all believe, I think the leagues and, and each of the teams within each of these states around the country believe that the progress we're going to make, you know, even by the week, Michael, is going to, is going to really set us up for great success, assuming that everyone continues, you know, the discipline of social distancing and masks uh, and, and understanding that we've got a role in all of it. So what we'll do specific to our business and with our team is twofold. We will plan and, and absolutely are anticipating a building uh, that can have fans in it um, at its capacity. At the same time, what we've gotten really good at is contingency. So we've already built the contingencies. We know, we know what social distancing looks like at six feet. We know what social distancing looks like right now if it, the guidelines were to change to three feet. We know if we needed to pivot and go to vaccination you know, areas in the building, right? You know, based on uh, verification cards, et cetera, et cetera, what possibly that would, that would look like. We've already started to determine what does a premium experience look like moving forward. So the answer, the, the long winded answer is we really, we really are anticipating full crowds and a quote unquote back to as normal as you can be considering the circumstances, but the contingency plans have already been built, will continue to be built throughout the summer. And we have the links. So the links gives us another great chance to watch fan behavior, learnings from what that looks like. And as, you know, the Lynx fan base is able to get, you know, you know, more bodies into Target Center, as will Twins games, as will United games. Um, and, and we'll kind of, you know, lean on all of each other here locally to, to get us back to a completion of arenas and stadiums. Last thing for you, Ethan, appreciate your time today. Um, what You know, as you've evaluated, you know, other other teams that are having fans back already or that have, you know, that have, been earlier to jump into this because guidelines and states are different i guess a what have you learned from them and and b as you thought about like what what the experience has been lacking in inside an arena without fans how do you how do you sum that up it just the environment that has been missing and then will return you know at least to a a, a degree on monday yeah well, the first the first part of your question is a great one i mean I would look at it in, in, in maybe two buckets, you know, one to have the NBA um, as a resource to have teams that have that exist and play in states that have moved this along quicker. Um, not saying that that's um, better or worse. That's just, you know, their legislation and, and what the, their uh, officials felt most comfortable with those learnings are so critical to all of us. I mean, the best practices of this, frankly, the more successful each of those states and teams are across all the leagues, the quicker we can get back to more normal here, even in our state and what we're trying to achieve. So that NBA resource and our teams um, and leagues and teams, you know, we were watching the NFL throughout the course of the year, um, as was baseball. Um, now everyone else has been watching us. Um, so the shared best practices of how to get people back into building safely has been unbelievable. And then I would just say, and, and I've said this to you before in, in interviews, even in, in, in um, 
you know, kind of offline, you know, the twins, the Timberwolves, the Vikings, the wild, the United, uh, you know, the, you know, the, the links, um, you know, we've been, we've been hosting a weekly call amongst the team presidents from March um, and it hasn't stopped, you know, as recently as this week. So having that forum with, you know, with people that I think very highly of that are incredible operators for their teams that live in this market. And we're all sharing with each other in a lot of cases, talking to the governor's office at the same time, that's been critical to us all getting to a point where again, starting Monday, fans are back at arenas and stadiums here in the twin cities. Ethan, great stuff. Appreciate it. Good luck Monday and going forward. Hoping, uh, hoping for uh, for better times ahead in uh, in all directions. So I definitely appreciate that. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Let's end quick with the cooler. Wild two big wins uh, over Vegas in the last few nights to really solidify themselves as the top three team in the uh, Western Division this year. But does not get any easier. Two against Colorado coming up, and now we find out. You know, starting tonight, we start we start to find out are they. Just a top three team, or can they really contend for an actual division title this year? I think there's six games, I'm sorry, six points back of Colorado right now. They've Wild has got one game in hand, so a good showing in these next two could put them in the position to maybe, you know, be in that uh, be in that top spot. But at the very least, they are top three, and we'll see what they are made of when they play Colorado. Good show coming Tuesday. I'm sure we'll talk plenty of college basketball coming off of the men's NCAA championship game Monday night, Baylor and Gonzaga, and plenty more to get to as well after the first night of fans in the stands for the Wolves and the Wild. Thanks for joining me on Daily Delivery. We'll see you again on Tuesday. 